Welcome, everyone, to Episode 5 of the Talking Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Keaton. Thank you all for joining me. This week, we're going to be talking about Week 7 of the college football season. You know, we had a lot of great games. Um, LSU got a big win. We'll talk about that. Um, and just a lot of other things that happened in the season this week. So, here we go. All right, first, we're going to talk about LSU finally got a win this week. It actually, um, they got an upset win against number 20, Florida. They won the game 49-42. It was a real uh, offensive shootout game, very close game the whole way. LSU's running back, uh, Ty Davis-Price, ran for a school record of 287 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, he Once again, like I said, he set the school record for rushing yards in a game with 287. That breaks uh, Leonard Fournette's record. You know, the rushing game has just been looking a lot better for uh, LSU recently. Um, it's been a great few weeks for them in the rushing game, and it finally showed here against Florida. Uh, Florida's defense just had no answers for uh, Ty Davis-Price. You know, he just ran all over him. So super excited about that. Florida, not very good on the offensive side. They had four interceptions. Um, both quarterbacks had two each. Uh, Emory Jones had two interceptions, along with um, backup Anthony Richardson uh, entering the game uh, a little bit through the third quarter, and he threw two interceptions there. So not a good day for Florida. Um, LSU's quarterback, Max Johnson, uh, went 14 for 24, 133 yards and three touchdowns. You know, not, not a lot of yards, but um, those three touchdowns really helped. Uh, good for LSU this week. I Just watching the LSU game, I got to say, you know, the offenses looked better, especially the running game, but the defense still concerns me. I mean, I mean Florida is a pretty good team, but um, – Giving up 42 points to Florida is just not acceptable. I mean, we have to do a better job. We shouldn't have to score 49 in order to win games. We need to really have our defense ready to go. I mean, four interceptions is impressive, don't get me wrong, but overall just the amount of points that we let Florida score is just unacceptable. And we got to get better with that. We we need to get better. So um, next game for LSU is this coming Saturday against Ole Miss. Uh, it's at Ole Miss. I, I believe they're ranked 12, but I could be wrong there. So I'll see how that game goes. Um, and then when I planned out this episode, I wasn't planning on having to talk about this, but um, and now it's come up. Um, LSU head coach Ed Orgeron, the university and him have reached an, an agreement that he will finish out the 2021-2022 season. And that will be it for him. He will be done. This will be his last year's head coach. Um, I He's done a pretty good job so far. But, um, you know, I really like Coach O as a person. And I really, really enjoyed the uh, 2019 season when he went 15-0. Ever since that 2019 national championship game, he has went 9-8. and And it's hard to, you know, put those facts aside. I just feel there's time for someone new. Time to get a fresh face in there. So I do like the call, but it is kind of bittersweet. Um... You know, I hope Coach O finds a place that he loves and is happy and has uh, success. So, once again, as an LC fan, Coach O, I wish you the best. All right, now moving on to the Huskers. Um, all I have to say about that is yikes. I didn't get to watch the Husker game um, due to that it was on at the same time as the LSU game. Just looking at, just, uh, I watched some highlights of it, just that kind of stuff. The Huskers are just inconsistent, and that's just as simple as it is. They, I mean, how do you come into games that you're supposed to lose by 20 points, like for example Oklahoma and Michigan, and you lose by like 3 to 6, and then you come into games you're supposed to win by 14 and lose by 7. It just, it doesn't make sense. And that starts with the player's mindset going into these games. Clearly, the Huskers 
did not expect Minnesota at all. It's as clear as day. And this also goes back to the coaching. This also goes back right to Frost. He needs to make sure those players have the right mindset going in that every game is just as important, okay? It doesn't matter if, if you're playing 8th-ranked Michigan or if you're playing unranked Minnesota. You have to be ready to play every week. And it is clear that the Huskers just come in not ready to play. Um, just going off for some stats for that game, um, Adrian Martinez went 18 for 33, threw for 241 yards and a touchdown. Nothing really too impressive in the running game. Um, Austin Allen, the uh, tight end for Nebraska, had five receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. So those stats don't really mean much when you lose to Minnesota. I remember saying on last week's podcast that the Huskers had a great chance of going bowl eligible. You know, they had Minnesota and Purdue. Not anymore to me. I, I don't see them going bowl eligible now. I mean, probably now that I'm saying this, they will. But I just don't see it now. I mean, you... This was a must-win game for the Huskers, and they didn't get it done. So I don't see them winning six games this year. I don't. I, you know, they could beat Purdue. They could beat Wisconsin. But are 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 they really going to beat Ohio State and Iowa? Probably not. That, that's enough bitching on the Huskers. Um, so kind of moving on to Scott Frost, I want to talk about him a little bit. Where does his future stand with the Huskers? I know um, the new AD said this year that Scott Frost would not be coaching for his job, but will he hold to his word? I mean, is winning four to five games going to be enough for Scott to keep his job? You know, the answer to that, I don't know. I mean, maybe the AD will hold to his word this year, and Scott will get to keep his job no matter what he does, but something's got to change for the Huskers. I mean, this is just getting old at this point, watching them go five and seven, four and eight every year. I mean... Something's got to change, and Scott Frost's got to change it fast. So, Anyway, let's move on to more games this week. Um, we had a big upset in the week. Uh, unranked Purdue t- took down number two Iowa, 24-7. Iowa just struggled the entire game. Uh, quarterback Spencer Petras um, had four interceptions in the game for Iowa. Um, it, it just wasn't a good game for Iowa. They just looked ugly all game, and... Purdue obviously showed up ready to play, and it kind of looked like another one of those situations where Iowa just did not respect their opponent. Uh, another big game this week was number one Georgia playing number 11 Kentucky, and Georgia still staying undefeated, took down number 11 uh, Kentucky 30-14. to um, You know, and one thing I want to talk about that game is Georgia looks good, but it's clear that they're going to need JT Daniels back. Um, if you don't know, Georgia has been playing with their backup quarterback, uh, Stetson Bennett, for most of the season. Um, JT Daniels had a little bit of a lat injury, and um, he's been out for a while. And clearly Georgia is surviving without him right now, but it's obvious that Georgia is going to need him later in the season, especially if Georgia is planning on you know, winning the SEC championship and playing in the college football playoff and winning that, that they're going to need JT Daniels back. I mean, Setson Bennett's doing fine now. Like He went 14 for 20, uh, 250 yards, I believe, and three touchdowns this past weekend against K- Kentucky, which is good. But, you know, the numbers don't say everything. Setson Bennett just didn't look consistent enough. I mean, he made some good throws. He played well. But if you think that Stetson Bennett is going to be good enough to beat Alabama, then that's just – it's not realistic. And – it's very obvious that Georgia's going to need JT Daniels back. You know, they can't just fall on their running game. 
the entire game against teams like Alabama, Iowa, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. They're going to need JT Daniels back, and hopefully by the end of the year, they'll get a lot of those wide receivers who are injured. Hopefully they'll have them back at the end of the season, so we'll have to see. All right, two more games this week that I wanted to talk about, and then we will get into our players of the week. So, um, number three, Cincinnati just keeps rolling. Um, they beat uh, UCF this week, 56-21. to um, Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, went 13-23 for with 140 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, not great numbers, but he did just enough to get them the win. Um, it was really big. Uh, their uh, running back, uh, Jerome Ford, uh, had a huge day on Saturday. Uh, ran for 189 yards and scored four touchdowns alone in the first half. Um, he had a big day. He just keeps on rolling, so... Um, and now that I'm recording this, um, I, I, um, the AP polls, they did move up to number two, which I'm extremely happy about. I kind of was thinking that they'd probably jump Oklahoma over them, but I'm, I'm really happy that Cincinnati got that number two spot. I think they deserve it. I think they're playing well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go throughout the rest of the season, see if they continue um, winning, and see if they can make the playoff, be the first um, group of five team to make a playoff. So we'll see where they continue to. And finally, number four, Oklahoma beat TCU this week, 52-31. Um, finally, a convincing win for Oklahoma. Caleb Williams got the start for Oklahoma, and he played extremely well. Threw 18 for 23, 295 yards, and four touchdowns. Oklahoma running back, uh, Kennedy Brooks ran for 153 yards and a touchdown. And Oklahoma's finally starting to look like a top five team again. Now that we see Caleb Williams starting, I truthfully think we won't see any more of uh, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. I think um, this will be his last year at Oklahoma. I think he will transfer out. Caleb Williams is looking great. I think I talked a little bit about him last week saying I hope he that he would get the start and I was extremely happy to see that he did and he definitely proved himself. Um, played extremely well against TCU. It really would not surprise me um, if in the next few weeks we heard of uh, Spencer Radler transferring out of Oklahoma, and it definitely wouldn't surprise me if it would happen at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I think his days at Oklahoma are numbered. Um, he obviously, I, I don't think he's going to play much more football there for Oklahoma unless Williams would go down or just have a bad game or something. But yeah, uh, clearly uh, Williams is the better pick over Spencer Radler, so good for Oklahoma and good for Williams this weekend to get the win over TCU. And finally, we're going to talk about our players of the week. I couldn't really decide just between two. There were so many great performances this weekend, so I chose four this week, and a lot of them we've already talked about, so I'll start with those guys. Um, first of all, uh, Cincinnati running back Jerome Ford um, ran for 189 yards and four touchdowns. Um, had the, all four of those touchdowns in the first half, so very impressive game. Good for him to uh, help his team get a big win over UCF. LSU's running back Ty Davis-Price. Um, Ran for a school record of 287 yards and had three touchdowns and led the Tigers in an upset win over Florida. Let's see, Oklahoma's quarterback, Caleb Williams, had his first uh, start and had himself a day, 295 yards and four touchdowns, and, 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 and just looks good. He just looks like a good player. And finally, one player we haven't talked about, Purdue wide receiver um, David Bell. He had 11 receptions. 240 yards in a touchdown and led his team to a big upset win over number two Iowa. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the week. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoy and I'll see you in the next episode.